River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Niner Nuts. We are two best pals who are nuts about the 49ers here coming at you pre-draft. Uh, as of this taping, we are three days, two days, no, three days. I can't count. Three days away from the draft. <laughs> and uh, I'm Dan, alongside with James. You want to say hello? Hey, everybody. This is a sports <laughs> episode, so I got a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, before we introduce our guest, that intro music you just heard, River Road by Justin Muth. Thank you for that. And also thank you to Daniel Mayer of Mayer Creative for our lovely uh, cover art, album art, whichever is, per, uh, <laughs> whichever is the right one for podcasts. So uh, along with ourselves, we have a very special guest. We are calling him uh, our draft guru that we have brought in for our pre-draft special. Please welcome Steve. Hello, Steve. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Good, good, good. Yeah. So glad to, glad to be here. Thank you guys for uh, letting me join your podcast. Uh, I've listened to almost all of the episodes, and uh, it's been been excellent listening. So thanks. Well, Thank thanks for, for yeah, thanks for listening, and thanks for coming on the show because you you know we've been friends for years, and I you know more about college football than I think Dan and I combined, and you even follow these guys from high school, so. Like, I mean, we're just happy to have you on and to help us with this and to really break down the draft because, um, you know, we we don't have the extensive knowledge, I think, that you you have with some of these guys. So. Yeah, cool. Yeah, honestly, thank you. And for our listeners, that have listened to every episode like you have. We have another alumni. This is uh, our third. No, second alumni from. The Yo Gabba Gabba League. No, three, three. Yobo Goya. This is our Yo- third. We had, we had, it was Yobo Goya, and yes. this is our third alumni um, champ also. And Steve was a two-time champ. Yes, John. I was. I had Carrie in mind. I spaced on John. And thank you for correcting because I've never pronounced the league name right. <laughs> <laughs> Yobo Goya. Yes, if you remember from the show The League, there was a fast food place where you could get a bucket of beef for like a dollar. And it was called Yobo Goya. <laughs> and it basically made everybody go to the bathroom. And, you know, they had a whole episode of The League on Yobo Goya. So, so yeah, still, that's the, still the greatest league name I've ever seen for a league, especially when you know the context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, I think Dan may have frozen and he come back. So, Steve, uh, let's just talk a little bit, you know, about your favorite team. Um, you know, the you say the name. <laughs> yeah yeah so i am a washington Redskins. oh just hang on it's a washington football team oh hang on it's the washington commanders now all right <laughs> we've gone through a couple of name changes um i i was traditionally a washington redskins fan back when i started watching football that was in the 1991 season you might remember that season as being probably one of the greatest football teams to ever ever suit up that was a complete team they dominated the entire year they just stopped everybody in the playoffs 
including some really good teams and with some really good players on, on that we faced off against. And it, it culminated in a Super Bowl in early, early 1992. And I was seven years old and I thought, oh, my God, it is never going to get like it is going to be like this forever. I am just going to this is my team. We're going to be great. It never was like that ever again. <laughs> so it's been 30, what, about 30 years now of misery, yeah, nice, pure, yeah, pure misery uh, for my entire existence. I feel like I'm the curse. So, <laughs> but I, 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 we've had a lot of issues, particularly recently. I know the name got changed. Um, and, and, you know, of course, the, we had the interim Washington football team, which I hated and I still hate. Uh, I am not a huge fan of the commanders, but really most of it is I really just despise our owner, Dan Snyder. And so I have kind of basically called myself a free agent this year. So I am going to be just basically uh, watching and uh, all of football. I've always watched football, but uh, looking at other teams and maybe I'll fall in love with another team. Maybe it's the Niners. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, well, I, I tell you what, man, <laughs> you're in the same division, but you know, if you want to take back all the nasty things you ever said about the Eagles and just, <laughs> you know, come, you know, and just humbly lay yourself before the <laughs> class of the NFC East, you hey. are and welcome to join so 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 for those of you that are listening you may not know this but uh james and i we were actually roommates together oh i guess over a decade now or about a decade close close to a decade yeah close to a decade ago now and uh and i I know everybody used to ask us because i was a a redskins fan and and james was an eagles fan people asked us how the hell do we get along and i said always told people we have a mutual hate for the cowboys and that (laughs) works (laughs) that works that works yes because i can root for the redskins twice a year because my second favorite team is whoever plays Dallas. <laughs> Nothing right, brings exactly. people together like hatred for the Cowboys, really, if you boil it down to it. Yeah, like, the entire NFL <laughs> is like that. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and you know America, what? There, there's team my ass. <laughs> there's there's a very dear friend of mine who will be coming on the show, but I'm not going to tell the guests who he is because I don't want to call him out like that. But the other day, him and I were in a conversation and he let out the fatal words that he thought Jerry Jones was a good owner. And I basically had to put him in his place. <laughs> just, oh, no. <laughs> like, I just, you know, he was just, he was about to say, you know, Jerry Jones. And I was just like, do you realize he's charging $100 to park at Jerry World? Like, he's just <laughs> like, come on. And then what he did to Randy Gregory, that's just, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was bad. just, that was just bad. So, I, I, you know, the old, I, there's one coach that I say, you know, who I do respect from the Cowboys, and that's Jimmy Johnson. And I've always, yep. Jimmy Johnson mm-hmm. really changed the game. But I don't think we have time to talk about that. Dan, what's what's <laughs> up next? Uh, up next, um, well, uh, mark your bingo cards because my Skype did that thing again. So I just <laughs> wanted to make sure we didn't allude to it Take yet. Take a or drink. Another another week I haven't migrated the show over to Discord and it's biting me in the butt. Um, <laughs> um you hadn't alluded to the infamous uh fantasy game that we had yet, did you? No, I didn't I didn't get to that. I wanted to sort of um I don't know, I guess if you i I'll sort of break it down from 
Uh, my point of view, sort of the league's feelings. You were the, the time. You were, was, the you were the commissioner. No, you. I will gladly let you explain what happened in this game. So, okay, so this is the fantasy. This was in the fantasy football playoffs. Okay, and this the previous year, Steve was champion, and this is know, 2015, and he won 2014. Yes, so he won in 2014. Hey, there, there it is. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> and in 2015, he was in the playoffs again, and he was facing everybody's favorite host, Dan Brown, in the playoffs, who was in the league for the first year. And basically, you know, you know, I love Steve, you know, but there was a sentiment in the league um, that they did not want him to repeat. So I was the Ruxin of the league. If you know, yes, the, thanks the, for the saying that because I wasn't going to say. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely was so aware of it. I was the Ruxin of the league, and everybody didn't. Everybody wanted to beat me really, really badly yeah, and stomp really, really me bad. into the. They wanted to, and they wanted to stomp me into the earth. <laughs> I was, I was, I was the next to last opponent that could have made it happen. Well, here, here's the thing. Dan and Steve were playing in the playoff. Steve was the number one seed. Dan had been a lower seed. I forget if he was six or four or whatever. They were playing for the right to get into the Shiva Bowl. And so basically, you know, we were watching closely to the game. I forget exactly what was going on, but, um, you know, we were watching closely to the game and Dan... You know, we were, I forget what exactly play happened or whatever. The seal, Dan of victory on that, I think it was a Monday we were watching the game, on the Monday where Dan was going to beat Steve 81 to 80. And we were, you know, sediment around the league was like, oh, yeah, baby, the champ is dead. The champ is dead. And you know what? It was a it was a real Truman. It was a real Truman moment, like holding yes. up the newspaper, like yes, doing <laughs> Truman. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, so, and so, what ended up happening was that Tuesday. Now, if anybody's ever been a commissioner of the fantasy football league and watched scores and read the rules and all of that, you know that actually games aren't final till after Tuesday because of stat corrections. Well, guess what? Earmuffs the fuck happened there was a stack correction where steve actually gained a point for whatever reason i forget what the stupid stat was it was like gained it was like point. a couple extra passing yards from the quarterback or something i don't, yes, I don't remember he ended up getting a couple like one point to tie to tie the game so everybody's going what the hell happens in a tie like james you gotta tell us what the hell happens in the tie so i get on the phone because there's nothing in the damn espn rules nope. that i can find because they're a million miles long that i can find that explains this so i call espn on the phone i wait about a half an hour on hold waiting to talk to somebody he's calling bristol connecticut like literally <laughs> yes yes and honestly i think i think because i think the very next year they stopped taking phone calls and it could have been because 
stupid phone calls like this because <laughs> I because I asked I asked the poor girl who was in Bristol, Connecticut, who you could tell hated her life for taking these calls. <laughs> and I asked her, I was like, okay, so what happens in the event of a tie in the playoffs? And she goes, the the top seed gets the tiebreaker. I was like, what? You're not telling me bench points, quarterback points, you know, none of that counts. She's like, nope. And I was just like, no, no performance by no performance by a player. No, Mm-mm. like, nope. It was just the luck of the draw where the yeah. seating was. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. and so basically, so that meant Steve won. And then Steve went into the championship round and won for a second year. And we were all like, Son of a, son of yeah, a that was, So my my that was the team. So I've had. I, I'm holding up. By the way, the reason we were laughing earlier is because I actually brought out the two trophies. So yes, <laughs> just yes. to rub it in, just a little more salt in the wound one more time. Um, <laughs> no, the, so the first year was beats by beats by Ray. The second year was in my favorite name ever, which was whoop you like AP whoops his kids was my <laughs> I see I see a trend here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and so. I'm not politically correct by it at any point here in my life. Um, but th- one thing I was going to say, though, is uh, that's not even the weirdest way I've won a fantasy football game. Yeah. The, weir- well, the, w- the weirdest way I've won a fantasy football game was on kneel downs. My opponent, they had a, a Monday night game, and I want to say, I can't remember who it was, but it was that their quarterback took three. It was a tie. Basically, we were uh, just about tied, or I think they were like 0.2 ahead, and they took three kneel downs to end the game. That is like five yards of kneel downs. That is minus 0.5, <laughs> and I oh, won my. the game on that, and I almost cried. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard well, of that happening. I've never yeah. met someone that actually yeah. won a game because the quarterback took a kneel at the end. <laughs> it's one, one of my really good friends here uh, was, he, he, he lives not just kind of right up the road for me. Uh, he laughed his head off when he saw it. He was the commissioner of that league. And he says, I can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> well, like, can you, you even know, be mad at that point? Like, yeah. He was like, he's like, I, he's like, I've never, he's like, I've never in my, in, I, he didn't even know kneel downs counted. You know, well, like yeah, and, minus yard. Like, yeah, and the ramifications of that were a, a bunch because you know we were playing with whole points at the time, so to change and like to, a bunch of amateurs, yeah, like a bunch <laughs> of amateurs were playing for whole points. So we basically we instituted you know fractional points at the end that at the beginning of the very next season. We also, I took it as a pond commissioner. There was no league vote, okay? I enacted my rights as a commissioner to say that bench points were going to be a tiebreaker in the events of any ties. And if it was tied after those two things, then quarterback points were going to be the third tiebreaker. So we had, we basically, because, you know, and... ESPN says you can do these things. These, this is your league, and you have, as long as you do things morally, you know, unlike ESPN, right? So, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you can you can do what you want with your league. And so, um, you know. Sweeping that, action from President James. Pretty much, pretty much, because it was just, I was just, I couldn't believe 
that happened and i was just like man we cannot let this happen again and the so- only worst stakes it could have been was it was actually the shiva bowl too like it couldn't have been worse outside of that yeah yeah <laughs> it's all, it wasn't for the actual shiva but it was it was damn near close and it, it i mean it decided because i think like the very next week you know you had more points than you know the who he played in the Shiva Bowl, and I was just like, man, you know, there, there it went. Because and of- I, I remember I told you I would have accepted it more easily, like if it was quarterback. Because yeah, your quarterback, I don't remember who it was back in 2015, but yeah, your quarterback, like what my quarterback. So I would have Russell been- Wilson. It was Russell Wilson. Oh, okay. And I, I honestly, I can't remember who I had. I, I, I was- always, I tried to get Russell Wilson like every year. <laughs> I I don't blame I don't blame you like, <laughs> but no I mean, like, maybe maybe I had Matt Ryan or something and like he just had a bad game something like that but I could I I told you I could have accepted that like okay well it's by that's a that's a reasonable tiebreaker how'd your quarterback do but no <laughs> and we didn't have decibel points is uh, so funny like looking back at it it's, it is pretty funny <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty funny but at the t- at the moment you know there were a lot of people who were. And, you know, that also, that year, I mean, a, there was a lot of sweeping rule changes I did that year because, you know, I was talking to Steve off off uh, recording, but the very beginning of the year, Steve, who was the champion from the previous year, had actually, you know, we still were doing the randomized numbering for the draft, and Steve ended up winning the lottery and getting the number one pick for the draft as the oh. repeat champion. So we it's had like to change the that. It's like the Simpsons where everything was coming out Millhouse, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then that was also that was also a, the same year that people, you know, were complaining about buys with uh, Carrie and Taco um, were complaining about her buys. So we changed uh, we talked about in the previous episode where we had to change your buys. But we had John on who didn't like that rule because of defenses because typically sometimes defenses will score negative points so i took that in consideration so that the very next year we also instituted where defenses would also get return yards added as part of their special teams point that are included with defenses which basically made defenses one of the most important things that you could have um and so it's sort of changed the whole dynamic of defenses in our league, but the sort of encourage people not to have to bench their defense. Like I added return yards and. Uh, that was to, an awesome rule. I love that. I actually love that rule too, because I, no other team, no other uh, fantasy league I've ever been in had ever had that rule with that, with the defenses and return yards. And it made you so much more conscious of who's the returner, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. And understand if you don't understand what that means in fantasy football world, Let's just say you had the Chiefs defense and you had Tyreek Hill on your team. So if Tyreek Hill were to break off an 80-yard TD punt return run, that's 14 points for Tyreek Hill, but that's also 14 points for your defense. So you're getting 28 points for one play. And that's the kind of power that it had. And that's the kind of thing it did for return. Like if you had a good returner on your special teams and you also had them on your team, like I, I had Travis Benjamin from and the giants defense, I think one year 
like when we that year and like he took 102 kick return back and I got double points that game and just shifted the whole momentum of the game and like you could easily shift like you shift the momentum of a fantasy football matchup with just one play and having having the defense and the returner. Cordero oh, Patterson yeah. did it every year too. Cordero yeah. Patterson was like, ah, oh, yeah, you whoever whatever team had him was like, oh yeah, or or Devin Hester. Devin Hester was and, and Antonio Brown too, uh, especially back when the league was still the league. Like Antonio Brown, yeah, with the Steelers, he would not all the time, but like nine out of ten times when he returned, he would get like minimum forty yards. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Twenty twenty thirteen uh, against the Browns, Antonio Brown had that game. I think it was the game he he kicked the punter in the head or whatever. He like basically just, just ran right over the punter. And uh, that game was actually me and uh, Ernesto in the Shiva Bowl. And Ernesto, I, I had a, I don't know, like a 40 something point lead on him. I thought I was cruising. I was like, oh yeah, this is fine. There's no, he only had Antonio Brown left. There's, there's no way Antonio Brown is going to put up more than 40 points in this last game. And he ran back a touchdown. He had, I think two touchdowns uh, receiving and he had like 127 yards or something, some ridiculous number. He, anyways, he beat me by two points that year. So <laughs> <laughs> all that yeah. effort to win by yeah. Two. <laughs> but that, that was before that was before the rule was instituted. So it wasn't like he got the, the defense. He would have stopped me if he had the defense too. Oh, you know? okay. But this, but this is just the player though. It just shows you like returners matter though. You know, returners do matter. Like and and actually with the way our league was scored, um, Tyreek Hill and Tyler Lockett our top 10 picks in the way our league was scored. Like, and a lot of people and ESPN will throw those guys, you know, in like the, or not Tyreek Hill, but Tyler Lockett is, you know, a 70 overall pick, but really with the, what he does as a returner and the fact that he's even good as a deep threat, actually he's a top 10 pick in any, in any fantasy league. If yeah. that's yeah, if you're given return yards, if you're given return yards, yeah, right. So, well, not to not to cut this trip down memory lane short. I saw what time it was just now and realized we need to get to the main event. A lot of people saw the title of this episode and are wondering when are we going to get to the draft. We're doing it now. Wow, we're going to be doing it though here on Niner Nuts. We have each been assigned a specific position. And we're not doing the whole big draft board. We're not kind of trying to predict who everybody's going to pick. And we're worried strictly about the Niners here on this podcast. So, uh, like I said, each of us have two specific positions. Steve, you have safety and guard because we need to replace Jaworski Tart. And we just need some backup behind Brunskill and our other guard. I have backup quarterback because we think we need some competition for Nate Sudfeld. (laughs) And then uh, center, because Alex Mack may or may not be retiring this year, but because of those talks, it, we're assuming he is going to be gone after this year. So we need some depth there. James, you got backup running back for uh, backup behind Elijah Mitchell, and you also have a complimentary edge rusher to get some pressure off of Nick Bosa. Uh, I'll open the floor to either of you guys, whoever wants to, uh, to kick this off. Well, I think what would be good uh, if we go, we'll do our guest first. Um, he'll take, you know, we'll do one of each and then go back around again and talk about the other needs. So, um, you know, we'll Beautiful. start with we'll start with Steve and talk about safeties and where the 49ers can look to uh, the draft for safeties. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I Safety is actually one of my favorite positions. So I was glad when I got this. I love safeties. You know, I, I just think uh, there's such a an underutilized, or at least in terms of the draft, uh, you know, if you, you basically have safety, especially free safety, as a general, you got to find somebody who's like a generational player because they're the guys who are going to be basically make be making those touchdown saving, you know, stops, those guys that are, that are, especially when you can do a single high safety, uh, you know, that's, that's super valuable. Um, I took a couple of different, different ways to do this. Now I had to factor in the fact that if you take a safety early or versus late. So I kind of got guys throughout the entire draft order on where they could take them. Uh, my first guy, I, of course, the 49ers first pick is in the second round. You guys don't have a first rounder. So the second rounder uh, that I decided is probably could fall, could fall there. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be there because again, you guys have a, a late pick also because you guys had such a deep, deep run in the, in the playoffs um, that, uh, I, I said Maryland strong safety Nick Cross is probably the guy that I would want there in, in the second round. He's got the body type mm-hmm. of a strong safety. He's 6'1", 215. That's prototypical strong safety size. Uh, but he really wows you with like his straight line speed. He got he he actually ran a 4.3440. That's flying for a safety at 215. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is bananas i mean but but here's the thing is like it his body of work though means that he because he's on maryland that that's really the only thing that's dragging him down he's on maryland their maryland was what a you know middle of the road team at best they haven't been really uh, an elevated program since they left the acc several years ago they're basically and i i just i had to completely look this up they're the big 10 now that's crazy. I don't know why I didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, they. Um, I I watched a lot of IU. Not last. Uh, I was on and off IU last year because they were bad. But um, but yeah, I I have specifically a memory of watching Maryland last year. Yeah, so, yeah. And yeah, he, Dan, Dan, just before Steve continues on, make sure you can find Gwen Stefani saying it's bananas at the so that you can. <laughs> When he says it's bananas. Can, we need a soundboard. We need the Gwen Stefani soundboard. I, I, that's like going to Discord. I keep just pushing off getting a soundboard for this. It's coming, though. Okay, okay. Go ahead. That's awesome. Ahead. That's right. That's great. Uh, so anyways, Nick Cross is a guy that, that he didn't get much attention because he's at Maryland um, because they haven't been taken seriously. But he's got a real feel for the game. He's got He's really explosive. He's a hard hitting tackler. He's a guy that just will pop you. You know, he, he explodes off the page when you see it, when you see the body of work that he does against some of these teams, you know, people don't want to throw his direction because they know, or they, if they do, they got to make sure they, they get it out quick, get that ball out quick to, to that receiver because they, that receiver knows that that safety is coming across and is going to annihilate him. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, so he's, he's, but he's excellent, uh, in covering those intermediate routes. I did kind of scout him out on some of those routes. Um, you know, the NFL is, has kind of over the years developed into more of a, an intermediate route league, you know, and it, there's not so much of the dink and dunk anymore that there used to be back in the nineties, right. It used to be able to dink and dunk and, uh, and kind of, you know, make five yards at a time here and there and stuff, but that everything's being pushed down to 15 yard plays, 20 yard plays. Those are the ones that you got to have a, a, somebody that's, that's at least fielding back there, um, you know, to, to cover, cover those, uh, the, those, those you know receivers that are making those those in cuts right and and that's what this guy Nick Nick Cross really excels at um, 
he's a, he's an absolute missile when he's going sideline to sideline. That's uh, he he's every bit as good as uh, what's the what's the Notre Dame cat? Uh, it's uh, about about to go first round. Uh, uh, Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. Yeah. He's got that Kyle Hamilton sideline to sideline ability um, to him, which is impressive for a guy that again is is. Well, that, yeah, that that would be you know because Kyle Hamilton right now is all the rave in the right. first round for safeties, and so mm-hmm. that would be that would be interesting if you can get somebody you know that has an upside like Kyle Hamilton, mm-hmm. you know, right there. Um, what's the What's the 49ers first pick? Uh, 81 or 61? 61. 61. Yeah. So to yeah. get somebody like that at 61, I think would be really beneficial. And just, yeah, that would that would you know if you could get them there and have somebody like Kyle uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. So so he's he's uh but he's excellent covering those those tight ends. He's excellent uh you know he's decent but not I would I wouldn't call him elite at, at his ball coverage skills. Um, but he's, he's, he's really, really, really fast. Uh, the biggest reason why he wouldn't be like a low first round pick is for just a little, he plays a little tight. He doesn't take the, the best angles sometimes. Um, I think as some, I saw, uh, one, one scout that they called him a dart without feathers. And I thought that was actually a perfect way to say it's tough to talk about him because he's fast in a straight line, but you don't want him to, to, you know, he's, he's takes some, some bad angles sometimes, but that's coachable, right? Like that's something that I think it, it I think a lot of NFL teams might uh, overlook a little bit. It's like, okay, well, we can we can coach this this out of him a little bit. So, um, uh, the small details though of his craft is where he's lacking, and uh, and with the right coaching staff, you know, they could really unlock his potential. Um, I, I actually did find it interesting that uh, his NFL.com comparison was to Cam, Cam Curl, who's on my Washington Commanders. Uh, <laughs> and he, he turned out to be an absolute gem, though. He was a seventh-round pick from Arkansas. And, right. uh, but he, he was an absolute gem for us because, you know, he's a guy that we've, you know, we've had to rely on. Um, we got rid of Landon Collins, and he's really stepped into that role, and he's been just fine. So um, that's, a good, that's a good comparison. I think he's a, he's a good player like that, though. Um, the next guy I had scouted out here, a guy that I think is probably going to be in that second or third round uh, area, you know, certainly day two, um, is a guy named uh, J.T. Woods. He's from Baylor. He's a free, he's actually a free safety. Um, uh, you know, I think any other year this guy would probably be be that um, you know that a higher a higher pick, but there's just we're it, the draft is just loaded with good talent, good players. Um, so, but he he was actually completely overshadowed by his own teammate, Jalen Petrie. Jalen Petrie is getting all the hype and all the credibility right now and stuff. But JT Woods had the better uh, season, I think, overall. He's a complete body of work, believe it or not. Um, something I love to watch, especially when it comes to safety, I love watching over the course of a football season, is who's improving from the start of the season to the end of the season. Last year, my big improver was, was Asante Samuel Jr. from FSU. He he was undraftable. He was borderline undraftable for two years. And then he, the light, the light switch just flipped on for him. And then he got put in some really quality work on a really exceptionally bad defense in, in, in 2020. And now he was, you know, what was it last year? I think a second round pick for the chargers, third, second or third. And, yeah. he, but he was, he was a guy that, that was another fast riser, but going back to JT, he's a guy that is really finished the year strong. He had an interception in the big 12 championship. Uh, that was against Oklahoma state. You might remember that. Um, and he had two interceptions in the Sugar Bowl against Ole Miss. Now, granted, that was an Ole Miss that didn't have Matt Corral because he got injured in that game. 
Um, but two interceptions in a sugar bowl, that's nothing to sneeze at, right? Um, he had six INTs total on the entire year. Uh, that was tied for the lead in the FBS. Uh, that's, that would be good for the 49ers. Absolutely. Because we all know what happened in that I, NFC championship game. And, you know, mm-hmm. you might be yeah. looking, you might be looking at a Lombardi trophy for the 49ers if they would have had a safety to make that play in the NFC championship game. And so a ball Hawk is something that yes, the 49ers could definitely use somebody like that. Yeah. And then, I, 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 I will, I'll stick up for the guys that we had, but at the same time, they're those kind of guys that you'd be like fringe pro bowl. So it's not like they, we didn't have room for improvement. Like you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, I mean, I think, you know, if you look at the defensive backfield for the 49ers, you know, when it comes to creating turnovers and, you know, just, you know, overall, like, you know, being able to, you know, create a turnover or, you know, just intercept the ball, I don't think you have that on the 49ers um, in your defensive backfield. And, you know, if you can get somebody... For sure, led, for sure in the backs. If you could get somebody who led FBS, you know, in, you know, interceptions, like I say, that's a, that's a pretty good guy right there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I also wanted to just add on, he's got one of the best nicknames I've ever heard too. He, they, he goes by HBK. HBK is the heartbreak kid because he breaks <laughs> quarterbacks hearts. <laughs> that, and so he, I, I do like it, that. Every time he gets an interception, I have to, I actually went back and watched this. He every time he gets an interception, he makes a little heart with his hands. He does like the little heart snap. Oh, <laughs> so that's it's great. Oh, that's awesome. He's got he's got that swagger. I, you gotta you gotta. I like set safeties with a little bit of swagger too. Um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a boomer bust kind of risk risk taking safety. Um, but but he's gutsy and he he you know he had six interceptions and two touchdowns last year. Uh, he's, he's, he had a scoop and score 97 yard scoop and score against Texas Southern, which eh, it's Texas Southern, whatever. But, uh, you know, uh, his ability to play at different depths, uh, is really setting him apart for, and I think he's actually should go, should go a little higher than, than what I have. I have him as a fourth round guy actually. So, uh, we'll see, see if he's, he falls that far, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, the next guy I have is Texas A&M's, uh, Leon O'Neill Jr. Um, so I'm just going to read you one stat line from Leon O'Neal Jr. Nine tackles, including five solo tackles, one sack, one pass defended, and one fumble recovery. That was against Prairie View A&M, a powerhouse of the Southwestern Athletic Conference in the FCS in 2021. This guy's pretty damn good at every facet of the position. Oh, hang on a minute. I'm sorry. I'm just receiving a correction on those stats. It wasn't against Prairie View. Uh, I'm sorry about that. It, it, it was against another cupcake school, though. You might have heard of this school, Alabama. Have you heard of Alabama? <laughs> Wait, no. he, he Our, what game against Alabama? Our fucking Bama. Hey, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 damn. Shit. damn. Sorry. Uh, Steve, Steve, we we just got to make sure, like, cussing is okay as long as you say ear you can bleep, Sorry. Sorry. The, you can bleep me on that one. Here, let's just, we can cut that out. Alabama with with their washed-up coach Nick Saban and their 2021 Heisman by default quarterback Bryce Young. (laughs) He played. He did that against them. 
uh, I love players that play big in big games, and and he had a monster game. But it wasn't his only game that he that he did like that. I mean, he had he had, he played big in all of the big games, all the ranked schools. He showed up. Um, now he's not going to win any hundred meter dashes or or bench press the world or anything. Uh, but he's he's going to be the guy that you're going to talk about because he stuffs a running back on third down short, third and short, you know, play. Um, or he's going to make a perfectly timed break on a ball to swat it away. Um, uh, his other big games were against number 15, Old Miss, and and number 13, Auburn. Uh, and he shut down some some big players. You know, SEC guys are always going to rise up the board and stuff. But for some reason, this guy, every time I'm looking, I, I actually do some of the uh, – the uh, uh, mock draft stuff. And, and every time it seems like he goes around, around the fourth round, which is, Hey, that's great. That would, that would fall right in you guys' laps with that one. Right. Um, he's a, he's a sure tackler. He's a guy that would, that would go higher if not for Jimbo Fisher's rotational kind of defensive nature, because he, he substituted, got a lot of guys in, in his rotation. So you, you may not see him on the field all the time and stuff, but on those third down plays, especially he showed up. So, uh, and then the last guy I have here, um, is a guy I, I, I've kind of always doing a wild card, right? Like a guy that I don't know where the heck he's going to go. So mm-hmm. is he going to go in the, he could go as high as like the second or third round, or could he go in the, you know, sixth round? You just never know. This guy is Illinois free safety, Kirby Joseph. Um, he, I, I don't have the foggiest idea where he's going to go because, uh, uh, you know, there's 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 some mock drafts i've seen them as high as the second right uh as far as my evaluation i tend to split the difference in some of those lows and some of those highs and i i have him at about a, about a fifth rounder uh, the basic reason why it, that people think he's gonna not gonna go as high though is there's not a lot of film on him he was a, a one-year starter for the illini and the illini defensively overall wasn't they weren't that good uh but they he put in some pretty insane coverage numbers uh he, he has in the entire NCAA the fewest amount of completions coming his way. That's crazy to me. Like, that's a stat that is like bananas when he's talking about. No, there we go again. Bananas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I realize I'm over, I, I'm saying these same key phrases over too many times. Uh, no, <laughs> but no, it's crazy. I, I, I'm trying not to cuss. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but I love this guy's ball skills, his adjustments he makes uh, in, in when the ball's in the air. That's critical when you when you're talking about an NFL that has an, you know an average passing length of about 20, 25 yards. Uh, he excels at those tip balls, the sideline throws. Um, uh, one thing he doesn't do well though, he's not a box safety. You're not going to be able to load him up in the box and expect him to make some tackles. He's not not the best tackler, and I think that's another reason why he might be slipping down the boards. Uh, he's only got 57 tackles in his entire collegiate career, but again, he was only a one-year starter. So, um, is he a project? Maybe, uh, but with I think with the right coaching staff, he could be a really, really solid free safety in the NFL. Cool. So that's what I got on safeties, guys. And I'm sure there's more. There's more safeties, right? Like there's. I just wanted to pick the four that I highlighted because I I re- thought they really kind of. I, I I do a combination for how I evaluate us. I do. I look at their their highlights. Highlight reels are eh, they're okay. I don't I don't really put a whole lot of stock in them because everybody can look good with a highlight reel. But I, I try to look at the complete game evaluations on a few of the big games. Um, again, I looked at you know some of the SEC schools with the the they're always tough matchups, right? And then I always look at the you know some of their metrics because I think who says who says SEC matchups are tough hey. matchups. 
They are. I hey, they're all. I thought you were an ACC guy. Like I am an ACC guy. I'm <laughs> well aware the ACC has fallen on hard times lately. <laughs> I I'm, I'm like God. I miss the days when we had about six schools in the ACC that were all up there, but they're not. They're good. all the talent. It seems to be going to the SEC and Big Ten these days. So that's just that's just the nature of the beast. And Big Twelve. Big Twelve is is hanging in there. Yeah. Yeah. But, all right, I don't know who's who's up next. Go ahead, uh, Dan. Uh, Dan, you're up with uh, backup QBs. Oh, we're not gonna save QBs for last. The the big. Oh, you want? Oh, you want? Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I so, feel uh, like I I feel like I'll I'll put this out here real real quick. My presentation is not quite near as detailed as you, Steve. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a it's little, right. uh, it was a little not tricky, but. I will admit I had a system, not a too super elaborate system. A lot of it is is gut. I'll say it that way. A lot of it was gut. So uh, feel free to chime in if you happen to know any of these guys. I have three people that I think uh, we have the potential to land if we so choose to, and also assuming we're out of the run for uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, the first guy that stood out to me was uh, Donovan West out of Arizona State. Um I mainly looked at uh, what I could on PFF and uh, NFL.com for all all my players. And I see the NFL graded him just shy of just shy of six on their 10 point scale. So average backup is what they're calling for this guy. But I see his speed, not a bad speed. I like his height. He's six, three, just shy of 300 pounds. Like, so wait, so I, wait, hold up, hold up. We uh we're not doing backup QB. We're doing centers, right? Centers, that... yeah. Was that okay. three hundred pound okay. quarterback? Jared. Yeah, Lorenzen. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry if I did not say that explicitly. I'm sorry. My my other position was three hundred pounds round mound of touchdown. Like I'm just like <laughs> the Billberry <laughs> throw boy. Yeah, we <laughs> we're. We we need a draft. We need to draft that one guy that was a lefty from Kentucky. That's what we, that's what we're trying to find. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. we're talking about. Rest in peace. Jer- rest in peace, Jared Lorenzen. By the way. Jared Lorenzo, yeah, okay. yeah, that's what we were talking about. The the round mound of touchdown, the hefty lefty, the Pillsbury throws boy. Yeah. The... Oh, <laughs> I thought you just made that up. I recognize the hefty lefty. I didn't. I know him as the hefty lefty, though. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway. So um, centers. Okay. Yes. So Donovan busted out to me, not because they are grading him overall as like a potential as a backup, but uh, some of the things I see here that. Um, that stood out to me in his strengths. Um, one, I think it's a strength from coming from Arizona State, and call that a bias because Brandon Ayuk came from Arizona State. They produce some good products, at least <laughs> in that very small sample size of that. But um, he was a three-year starter. Uh, they also say that he could be uh, a two-position flexible. So I like the prospect of having somebody that we could try to have learn from Alex, but we could also push him out to guard if we need to, because as we address, we need some guard help. Um, he also down here, uh, he's got good football intelligence to recognize angles, which is obviously in the moment. You got to figure that out. Um, he uses a tight punch with inside hands. I love reading that. That's a really good physical trait. Um, and then nothing else really like in his Weaknesses, I do see all this. They're calling him undersized, which I think is astounding for a 6'3 guy. Um, his blocking, his block finishing needs to become a priority. You can coach that. 
um, oversteps laterally, uh, losing pass pro base. That's something else I feel like, especially in a Kyle Shanahan offense, you could coach that. I think somebody that, again, maybe it's just superficial, like the details I was looking at. But coming from Arizona State, uh, and then everything that I just read already, I think he would be a pretty good pickup for us, and he's going to fall fairly low uh, on his PFF. I don't have that actually in front of me, but he was pretty low on their board. Uh, the next guy I had on my list, uh, Luke Fortner from Kentucky. And I'm just switching my tabs here because I'm very bad and don't have all my notes up. <laughs> uh, here we go. Luke Fortner from Kentucky. He was actually the second highest graded on NFL.com. He uh, is projected to be eventually a starter, uh, but kind of like uh, kind of like Donovan, he's 6'4", 307. I think that's a really good size for a center. 5'2", very good speed for a guy that big. <laughs> um, and then really uh, another thing, kind of like uh, with Donovan, uh, team captain with elite, per with elite personal character. I think that should be one of those intangibles that you need to look at with a player. So I'm honestly really impressed that... Uh, he was a captain. I do like that. Snap to step quickness uh, helps leverage a gap. I was really impressed reading that. Um, plays with body control and balance like a pro. If a scout's already saying that, I really, really like that. And none of his weaknesses really stand out to me as something that's like something you can't uh, coach out. Uh, overstep, oversets, giving away his backside edge. That was one that really kind of, that was the only one that was really that bad to me that like is like an alarming red flag. But um, but no, I just I see that name. I see Kentucky like I feel like that Kentucky would be why he probably fell from my understanding, because who looks at Kentucky as like a big school <laughs> for football. Uh, but then this last guy, Michael, uh, my my Ted, I, I should have looked up how to pronounce his name, but uh, M-A-I-E-T-T-I, Mayetti. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, Michael. He comes to us from uh, Mizzou. And what really stood out to me was um first off he had like jack he has jack information out there it was honestly kind of hard for me to find anything about him i had to go to this website uh called nfldraftbuzz.com which if that doesn't sound sketch as hell like i don't blame you <laughs> I, thinking that. I actually use that site too it's actually pretty well laid out though yeah like when i got it on there i agree like it gave me all this information i didn't see on pff because i don't pay for that paywall and what really stood out to me, not that he was so low, he on PFF is 227, but amongst the sea of low, like low, like 70 to 73, like maybe a 69, this guy at 227 had a season college grade at 89.1. So I was just like, what, what, why the hell are you that low? So I started doing this deep dive on him. And after consulting with NFL Draft Buzz, uh, he is a, he is the shortest guy on this on my list. Six one two ninety, still hefty weight, but technically a little shorter. But uh, the way they rank his game performance: eighty four percent pass blocking, ninety three percent run blocking. They're calling he's probably going to be a UDFA. But like, my God, like I do want to. I I'm ashamed I didn't take more. I couldn't make more time to do like the real homework, like say your presentation, but. I don't know. My gut was just like, put this guy on the list. Like when we're watching the draft this weekend, like see what happens with this guy. Cause like, I don't know. I just got, I just got that feeling that, 
that Michael might be a surprise pickup for whoever gets him seventh round, Mr. Irrelevant undrafted. Like, I don't know. I'm really, really interested in what happens with this guy. So uh, short, sweet to the point. Those are the three centers that I think would be very interesting to go with the 49ers. Yeah, that uh, I mean, you know, with with Mac being sort of an uncertainty if he's coming back and just at his sheer age, he definitely needs somebody to sort of shore up, um, you know, centers for you guys for uh, at least some time. Um, so uh, he's, he's definitely getting up there. I'm not surprised he's talking about retiring. Yeah. How long has he been in the league? How long has he been on your team league? He's been, this will be his second year with, uh, or second or third year with us, but he was with Kyle with Cleveland. He was with Kyle in Atlanta. Atlanta. He was part of that Atlanta. team. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. He was so, part of that yeah. team that lost 51, or, uh, yeah, th- he was part of that team that lost 51. Like, he's been in the league for a while 27, now. 27 right. Yeah, 20, 28 to 3. 28 to 28 three. to 3, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So. But he's, he's been Kyle's center, so, like, it wasn't a surprise when we signed him to me, but uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so I'll go, what I'll do, what we'll do is I'll do running backs, we'll run the ad, and then I'll do edge rushers, and then we'll go back, uh, we'll go back to Steve with guards, and then we'll say, like you said, save a backup QB for the finale. So I'm going to start with running backs. Basically how I sort of did mine was I looked at, you know, basically, you know, a couple of rounds where, you know, two and three, where they could pick up somebody. Honestly, running backs this year, there's not a lot of good ones. There really, really isn't a guy. There's one guy that really, really sticks out, and then the rest of them, they're okay. They're not really, you know, that good. So it's not surprising that, you know, some of these guys, you know, Kenneth Walker, when I looked up these um, overall rankings on NFL.com, is number 55 overall. And, you know, we honestly have seen – in the NFL that, you know, building a team around a running back is not really what wins you Super Bowls anymore. It's building a team around a quarterback. So there's not a lot of value, uh, you know, in the draft and draft stock on running backs anymore. But there is one real one guy that I really, really like. Bavada has him at minus 250 uh, to be the first running back off the board. And I believe heavily in that. Like if you are creating a parlay with anything, and Brees Hall is the number one running back taken off the board as part of that parlay, you should consider that parlay, especially if you're getting good odds on it. Um, Because Brees Hall, I mean, I don't think it's even a, uh, you know, like a big take to say that he's going to be the number one running back off the board. And he, at the time time, when I looked at these rankings, he was ranked 66 overall. So that's right around the range where the 49ers could go, you know, because these are not a lot of teams are valuing the running back position. And he could very well go to the second round if that's if, you know, teams start overvaluing these quarterbacks. Uh, if teams start overvaluing these quarterbacks, then he could definitely fall to the 49ers at 61, um, where he's was ranked at the beginning of, you know, when I was looking up these uh, rankings. Um, but he's my number one draft. Uh, he's my number one running back on the board. And the reason why I like him is because this guy, you know, he's a hard-nosed runner. Like, he just runs right over people. And, you know, and then the other thing that I really love about him, because I have a big, I have it in all caps with an exclamation point. When you talk about hands for a running back, like, 
I mean, I don't know if Steve remembers a running back called Keith Byers, Keith Byers for the Eagles. Eagles, but yeah. <laughs> he reminds me with the way he, he can catch a ball. He reminds me of Keith Byers. Keith Keith Byers could catch literally anything, and this guy is the very same way. He's making one-handed grabs, like just one-handed grabs. I mean, I yeah, I looked at a highlight reel, but compared to these other guys that are you know, two, three, four, and five, nobody had anywhere near his hands as him. And like, like I said, he was a, he's a hard-nosed runner, just running over people, you know, just getting in there and running over people. You know, he, I, I, I tried, like, I didn't write down the numbers because I had the, um, what should I call it? I had the links to the draft prospect and I was just going to clink on that, but I guess my internet is a little bit slow. Oh, here we go. Uh, prospect grade is six, 6.38 on NFL.com. His 40-yard dash was 439, which we know for a running back is really, really good. Um, his hands, nine and three-fourth quarter, you know, 217 pounds. You know, he's he's coming out of Iowa State, you know, which is, you know, a big school uh, in the Big Ten. Or is it the Big Ten? Yeah, Big Ten. Big, they're, big, they're Big 12, yeah. I thought. Are they big, or maybe I'm wrong? Or, I, I just 12. know, You're I just know 12. Kittle came from there. Yeah. <laughs> or no, so, Kittle came from I, Kittle came from Iowa. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I just, I just loved, um, you know, I just loved him, and you know, now seeing like draft projection, he is rounds one to two. Like if they, if teams start overvaluing some of these quarterbacks, he could slip into the second round. And with the way people, you know, value court running backs and things like that, they really don't. I mean, teams aren't spending a whole lot of assets on running backs. Now, you know, you know, if a Debo Samuel trade comes up and they maybe get higher into the second round and he falls there, he could go there too. But uh, he's my number one running back. And then the next two after that um, are, and we talked about them on a previous show for Jimmy B's long shots are Damian Pierce out of Florida. Um, you know, he... He's ranked 74 overall um, when I looked. That guy, you know, he he's a hard-nosed runner, too, out of Florida. I like the way he ran. Just, you know, he wasn't, you know, they weren't making big holes for him to run through. He was making these tough yards. Um, you know, he had some hands that I really, really liked. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, if for some reason – you know, maybe the Raiders or something like him better than Brees Hall. He could be the first running back off the board. I really don't think that's going to happen, though. Um, that's why those are long shots. And I, I mean, honestly, Brees Hall is the number one running back in the draft by far compared to everybody else. Um, and then the, uh, you know, Kyren Williams at Notre Dame. Uh, I really like him. He has similar traits to Damian Pierce and Brees Hall, just not so much the hands. Um, you know, these guys, let me see. Damian Pierce. Let me see if I can pull up his 40 time. Um, hey, while you're doing that, I'm going to just say something about Pierce, though. He, uh, I mean, Florida was a disaster down the stretch, and he was the bright spot of that disaster. I mean, they were they were really pretty much a mess, and uh, and but yeah, just really yeah. really good, really good runner. Yeah, I mean, he ran a he ran a four five nine, but I mean, I mean, just watching him run on film, I think, you know, like. He's going to get you tough yards. He really is going to get you tough yards. And that's what I liked about him. 
218 pounds, 5'10". Um, you know, he's a senior, played, you know, at and 6.19 is his uh, prospect grade. Um, let me see where his overall. You know, he's projected to go in the third or fourth round easily. The 49ers could um, pick, pick him up. Um, NFL comparison is Isaiah Crowell, which, you know, um, isn't really a bad comparison uh, to be had if you're going in the third or fourth round. Um, you know, he was highly productive in 2021. He had 16 total touchdowns. Um, so I think, you know, he's, you know, if they if they somehow miss out on Brees Hall, they could go with Damian Pierce. And I still think they get, you know, that hard-nosed runner type of guy um, that, you know, I sort of like. Um, you know, I don't, you know, at the beginning of this, you know, Kenneth Walker was the number one running back. And he's fallen because he's just... You can you look at his even his highlight reel like Kenneth Walker's highlight reel. You look at his highlight reel. He's walking through holes. He had a good offensive line, and he's literally walking through holes. Like he's he's not he was ranked number one at the beginning of when I started looking at people. He's easily number four. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I, Kyrie, I'm glad he recognized that too because that's in key something that's really important is you got to adjust for. What kind of an offensive line did they have to go with it? Are, is it the running back that's good, or is it the offensive line that's good? Yeah, yeah. And then Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame, once again, didn't run a flashy 40 time. Uh, most of these running backs, you know, really didn't. But a 4.65, 40, a lot of running backs play at a 4.65, I think, in the NFL. And that's not, um, that's not it. Uh, you know, that's not bad. Um, you know, played at Notre Dame. Um, he was ranked ninth in FBS um, with um, 1,000 yards rushing. He was voted second team all ACC, you know, which is, you know, something to be good on. Um, hard, once again, a hard-nosed runner. Like, that's what jumped these guys up to the top because Kyle Shanahan likes the run. Kyle Shanahan likes running over people and, the, you know, these these two guys will run over people and Brees Hall will run over people too. I you know the only way the 49ers are going to get him is somehow either uh, using some draft collateral to maybe go up in the second round, or if teams overvalue running back or quarterbacks in the uh, in the first round and he sort of falls out of the first round, uh, they could get Brees Hall. So those. You know, those are my top three running backs, the ones that I, I could say that I really, really liked and I was okay with. Um, so, but now it's time to do a little house cleaning and give a little shout out to um, our sponsor, Ali Catino. If you are in the Melbourne, Florida area, reach out to Ali Catino at Madison Allied Real Estate, 321-698-4692. When I was shopping for a home in Rockledge, Florida, I told Allie how much I wanted to pay for a house and she respected my price range and did not try to persuade me to go above my budget. She's a great realtor that will get you into a house you love at a price you can afford. That's Allie Casino at Madison Allied Real Estate, 321-698-4692, 321-698-4692. So I'm going to, like I said, go to Edge Rushers. Um, I was in charge of edge rushers and let me get my notes on them. So um, how, how much, how difficult was this one because of how weird this draft was? It's well, not, it, it's, it's, it's not like this is the one position that's, that's not swimming with talent. 
Well, actually, I don't know. Like, I mean, every with draft with the way the draft is playing out, you know, a lot of these guys. I mean, a lot of these guys are good. I mean, even the number ten, you know, guy, like, you know, is really really good. Like, I mean, the when I did my rankings, like, you know, the number ten defensive end is number forty six overall. Like, you know, that's you know, and so. If these guys fall, you know, they could, you know, the 49ers could have a really, really good asset. And honestly, like, you know, if, one, if you know, any of these two guys, you know, because they're projected, um, Arnold, uh, Steve, you might need to uh, help me out with this. The guy from PSU, Arnold Ibakiti, is that his name? Ibakiti. Ebikiti. Now he's ranked. Uh, he's ranked at the number ten. Number ten at his position and number forty six overall. His prospect grade is six three six point three four on NFL on NFL.com. Like he didn't run a forty yard dash, but let me tell you something. Like just watching his highlight reel, uh, every just about every sack that was on that highlight reel was on third down. And when you're talking about making a big play at a big time, when teams, you know, are expecting the pass, you know, this guy could get you is good at getting you a sack and good at putting people in holes. Um, and that's what really impressed me about him. I mean, he's 6'2", 250 pounds, um, you know, played at Penn State, so good competition. And, you know, I'm just watching this kid go, and he's just got a motor, and, like, he... I mean, like every he was making big plays at big moments, and I just really, really, really liked him. And then um, I have so I had these guys as one. I have him as one A, and my next guy, Nick uh, Bonito out of Oklahoma, is one B because these guys, you know, he's number ten. Uh, Nick Bonito was number twelve, like. He's projected 51 overall, like, out of Oklahoma. When you're talking about a guy who, um, you know, understand, I looked at his highlight reel, so, uh, but he runs a 4.54, 40, 248 pounds, 6'3", you know, 6.33 on the prospect grade. Um, You know, this guy, when you want to, when you talk about, when you think of an edge rusher in the NFL, uh, nowadays, and the fact that there's mobile quarterbacks now uh, just running all over the place. This guy played the spy position better than ever anybody I've ever seen out of come out of college. Like you know, and, and I just like they put him on mobile quarterbacks to play the spy, and those quarterbacks had a tough time coming out of the pocket and getting tackled by this guy. So um, he's a he was re- he's a really good talent. He could fall to 61. Um, I mean, I'll look at where he's projected to go. I mean, he's projected to go two, three, and this guy is still a really good talent. Like, I think, you know, if we were talking like another year, another draft, like with, you know, he could go in the first round. Like, I think he's easily somebody that, you know, somebody may like and take in the first round, but he's projected to go rounds two or three. Uh, he's just that good. And he was another guy that was making big plays on third downs, you know, and, that's sort of what I liked about him. And then um, I'll just, my number three guy uh, was uh, Maijai Sanders out of Cincinnati. Um, once again, like this guy, um, you know, he, his highlight reel wasn't overall impressive, but um, 
you know, he's 228, 6'5", 467. Um, you know, he's projected now to go in the fifth and sixth round. But when I was looking at, you know, position ranks and who was, you know, um, who was the number, you know, 10 guys that, or who were the five guys that, you know, the position, he was ranked to go 56 overall, but he's falling in the draft, it, it appears, and rightfully so. His is really his game highlights didn't impress me. So um, I think that's sort of where the drop off was. Let me just look at my number four and five guys because and look at their, you know, their prospect grades, where they're going. Because we have Boy uh, Mafi. I mean, he ran a four, five, three, forty. Um, and he selected to go in rounds one or two. So he's rising up in the draft. But a lot of these pass rushers, you know, there's a lot of upside to them. They could draw, they could fall, they could go up. You just don't know what could happen. But if I were the 49ers, you know, with the guys that are projected to go where they're at, I think, um, you know, um, definitely 1A and 1B where, you know, could be Arnold um, Ibikiti. Or Steve again, help yeah. me. No, that was that was that was good. Ibikiti and Nick Bonito are the guys that I really really like. They really impressed me on film. Um, I would I would be ecstatic if you know if the Eagles got them, but you know if uh, if the 49ers got them, I think they would get somebody. I think they would get two really good. Either one of those guys could either be go at 61 if they fall there. So um, those are my two guys um, for edge rusher, and so. Uh, we'll go with Steve and guards. Steve, tell us about guards. Yeah, yeah. Before I get to guards, Steve, I'm going to throw in a couple more names. Just so that that first of all, I wanted to say, MyJ Sanders, the defensive end that you were talking about. I think he's going to go. I think he's going to go fifth. I think he's going to go fifth round. Um, okay. He's a, he, yeah. They, Cincinnati was really good. They made a really deep run. They were a top five team all year, pretty much. So uh, I, I could see him going going higher than what the, the if, you, if you're saying he's going sixth or seventh or something, I don't think so. I think he's going to go higher than that. He's a good player. Uh, okay. And also two other two other guys I want to I'm not going to diagnose or or do a deep dive on these, but two guys <laughs> I want to mention too is Abram Smith from Baylor is the running back. Is a, you're going to talk, talk about a hard nose hard nose rusher? That's a guy you want. And Rashad White from Arizona is a guy that is going to be a he's slippery. He's real slippery. So hard to tackle. Um, anyways, going back to let's go, let's go back to guards. I love another another position. I love you want to talk about football. What I'm a I'm a Redskins guy, right? We love the Hogs. We love the we love the grinders, the guys that are road graders, right? Yeah, and you so, dress up you dress up like women hogs, like it's funny. yeah, <laughs> it, it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I by the way, I I really miss the Hogs days. I love I love that era. Um, but they would uh, be small in today's NFL. Like that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, I know <laughs> they wouldn't be Hogs anymore. But no, they're. They were such a such a great great offensive line, but uh, my my guards that I have, I, mind, mind you, again, I'm not going to focus on the top guys. You know, you have the guy from Boston College, Zion, whatever his name. He's going to go first round. He's he's not even. I'm not. Didn't even think about him. Uh, but day two picks, uh, I have a guy, Chattanooga guard, Cole Strange. Uh, he is. Uh, he's got really excellent strength. He's probably going to be about a second round guy. I think. Metrics are are probably his first round caliber though. Uh, he's six four. He bench pressed thirty one bench reps at the at the combine. Ten foot broad jump, which that never happens for a guard. <laughs> <laughs> 
510340, which is, you know, again, a guard you're talking about here. And he's and he's got, got really excellent lateral movement, you know. Uh, now his downsides, uh, he's, he's pretty light. He's only 307. Now guard, you know, guards are can go range between about 295 and, and about 325. He's a little on the lighter side. They'll pack that on. It's NFL. They'll pack that on. They'll get him on a good good nutrition plan. Um, Mobility course, is a good thing for a Kyle offense, oh, though, because oh. of how many times they shift. Zone, zone, right? You play, Kyle plays zone. I, I'm a, again Redskins. We played we played zone like zone offense, you know, zone blocking schemes the whole time. So uh, when Kyle is with us, so uh, but yeah, he the other pro- problem that that this guy has though is he played at Chattanooga. Right. Like it's a middling FCS team last year. And really, they played Kentucky and no one else. And we were talking about Kentucky being not not that great right? <laughs> earlier. So they played Kentucky was their big school they played. And they barely lost that game, by the way. They almost beat Kentucky as an FCS school last year. Um, uh, but he's got his he's got a, a, a I don't know if you guys have heard of this term, the RAS, the relative athletic score. Have you guys been familiar with that term? Um, If not, that's basically a combination of all of their metrics together related to their size, their weight, everything else. This guy has a 9.95. That's on a scale of 10. Wow. He's got a 9.95 RAS. And that, that that is, to me, overperforming what your body is built for. Right. That's what I like to see. I love to see that because that means this guy's athletic. He's mobile. Like you said, zone blocking. Great. Athletic can kick out, can can do a lot of those counter trays and stuff that they like to do. Um, So that guy, that guy is going to be a second rounder. I I don't I don't think he's going to be a first rounder just because he played at at, uh, Chattanooga and then, you know, again, didn't really play anybody, but um, but yeah, that's a, that's a good player. Now, there, guy, there, before we go, go further, there is a very important player that came from the Chattanooga area and played <laughs> college football in Chattanooga in Chattanooga at Tennessee Chattanooga. And Dan, you're the 49ers fan. Can you tell me which 49ers player that was? Very important in 49ers history. Came from Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, Chatt- Tennessee, Chattanooga, but still Chattanooga. Uh, I can't think offhand. Is there a recent player, older player? Uh, mid two thousand, early two thousands, and uh, I'm drawing a blank. Wasn't I'm, one I'm of the Cromarties? Sure. I thought it was one of the Cromarties, wasn't it? No, you're talking oh. about Terrell Owens, the Hall of Fame. T- oh, I didn't Tennessee. Know that. He came from Tennessee, Dang. Chattanooga. And he, wow. was, he was, I believe, a third round pick of the 49ers out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. And wow. uh, yeah, he played on the 49ers. So, I mean, Yo. Chattanooga is not known for a football yeah. football area, but, you know, yeah, T.O. came from Tennessee, Chattanooga. <laughs> That's cool. Talent, I mean, talent knows talent before yeah. he pissed off Garcia and ran out of town. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, go ahead, go ahead. James with the the, the old uh, the more you know star from NBC. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that was great. That was a good one. I like that. Um, anyways, next guy I have uh, talking about smaller schools. So there's a guy at guard named Nick Zakelj. That's Z A K E L J, which I think is Czech. Uh, but it, he's played. He played at a college called Fordham. Fordham, I think, is near New York City or somewhere on Long Island. I think so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this guy came out of absolutely nowhere. He actually made it to the Combine. Um, but that's that's not a knock against Fordham, wherever the hell Fordham is. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
This dude is huge, though. He's six foot six, three sixteen. Now he's probably not. He's a little big for tall, tall for for a for a guard, but he's not. You know, at three sixteen, he's right in that guard range, right? So size wise, he's okay. They may now again. There's a lot of these teams these days in the NFL that use uh, teams like guards and centers and and everything like they're rotational players, right? And yeah. there's not really. Like it used to be back in the in the you know nineties and early two thousands, you know if you were six foot four or above, you're going to be a tackle, right? You weren't going to be a guard. Guards are shorter because you want the quarterback to see over them. Well, these days quarterbacks are averaging about six foot three themselves. So you know, except for you know some tiny ones like the uh, Murray, you know, or or uh, well Drew Brees and so, a couple of those others. But uh, Wilson isn't Wilson like six foot. Yeah, Wilson's like six foot. Yeah, but but. Anyways, that's getting getting the weeds here. Uh, he, this guy had one of the better combine metrics, though, of any lineman, and he wasn't expected to. That was the best part about it. He wasn't expected to. He was like, "Oh, we'll give this guy a combine. We'll see what he can. You know, he'll probably be a. You know, they're they're expecting he'll be like a fifth, sixth round or something like that." But his again, another guy with another RAS, uh, and again, another another metric that I love here, the RAS. He had a nine point seven four RAS. So again, overperforming. Uh, had, looked really good at the combine. Um, I will say this, there's not much tape on him because A, who watches Fordham and B, who watches Fordham to watch their interior offensive linemen, right? Like <laughs> there's, there's not a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of anything on this guy, but I, I, I like that he wasn't expected to do anything at the combine and he balled out, right? That's a guy that tells me that, that he wants to play in this league and he's going to do anything it takes to be in this league. And that was awesome that he he was able to perform like that. And now I have a guy that's a, a third. I, I think I'm going to kind of separate this into day three picks. I think this, by the way, I think the previous guy, Nick, is going to be probably about a, a fourth or fifth. I think he's going to be about a fourth rounder, if I had to guess, maybe a fifth rounder. Um, the day three pick that I have here is uh, Wisconsin guard Logan Bruss. Honest to God, do you think we could get through a conversation about guards and not include a Wisconsin guard? He, <laughs> He's cheese devouring, <laughs> Iowa destroying, road grader. He's a you know they play Big Ten smash mouth football, right? <laughs> bro, I'm, bro, I'm from the Midwest. We only yeah. build big dudes like right, that. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Just loading up on cheese curds in Wisconsin, right? Exactly. I'm, I'm exactly. the one guy. I'm the one guy in Indiana that weighs less than 200 pounds. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, Wisconsin. You know the the purple cow and cheese curds. You know, yeah, just, right. Um, <laughs> So let's. I just want to go through real quick before I go talk about this guy. Let's go through the list of Wisconsin offensive linemen starting in the NFL today, shall we? Kevin Zeitler from Baltimore, Tyler Biotish from Dallas, Michael Dieter in Miami, Colvin Lannon in Green Bay, David Edwards and Rob Havenstein for the world champion LA Rams, Ryan Ramchick in New Orleans, Bo Benchowell in Washington, and, and now we're going to have Logan Russ, who's the next in this long line of dairy chugging greatness. So, <laughs> you know, Jesus. Soon, they call they call LSU the wide receiver school. Yeah. I had no idea Wisconsin yeah. was the guard school. Yeah, I, I always it's funny. I've, I've actually looked at this for years, too, because I, I noticed started noticing the pattern, you know, and I, I kind of been looking at it the last few years. And. Yeah, I was like, okay, let's, let's see who the guard coming out of Wisconsin is this year. Well, Logan Bruss, he's the guy. So uh, you can't go wrong with these guys, especially not when the team is their 21st in NCAA and team rushing yards. They're coached on the fundamentals. They're technicians on the field. They're NFL ready by game one. 
So he's got he this guy's got excellent feet. He's got a good squared up shuffle. He's a he's a great run blocking momentum. He opens up a lot of holes. And he was a three year three year starter. Most of it actually, believe it or not, at right tackle. He actually shifted into guard for a little bit though, just with due to some injuries. Um, but he definitely projects more as a guard. I actually like him more as a guard than a than a tackle. I don't think he the NFL is so much bigger and faster. I just don't know if he could if he could handle it as a as a tackle. But I think he's really good guard. Um, the college coaches also, the other thing that kept popping up in all the articles I was reading about this guy too, is the college coaches that he had loved his leadership and his positive attitude. He's a guy that you want to build your team around, right? So that's another another plus, right? Now I'm going to go ahead and go, do similar to the last round. I'm going to go ahead with a wild card. This guy is, again, he played most of his his tenure uh, at, at his, that's this school, and I'll tell you about the school in a minute, but he played it mostly at, at tackle. But I do think that he could go as a tackle in the NFL or he could go as a guard. It just depends on where he where NFL teams feel like he fits in best. So I don't think you guys are ready for this one. I have no flipping clue. And I, again, I, I was I was careful there. I hope you, you appreciated yeah. that. Just say earmuffs. Precursor. This is how I talk. No, uh, but I, I have no clue where this guy's going to land up or what position he's going to end up playing. But his name is Bernhard Ryman. Okay, <laughs> he's a this this big swinging Wiener Schnitzel. He's from Steinbrunn, Austria. And pop quiz: Do you know where in Austria that is? In the mountains. No. Uh, well, they're all mountains in Austria. But <laughs> that, that's, that's enough. I'll accept it. I'll accept that as the answer. No, it's about an hour south of Vienna. I've actually been through there, believe it or not. Uh, I used to live in it, oh, right in Italy, so I used to drive up. We used to drive up to Austria all the time. But anyways, this guy, this guy's story is nothing short of amazing. Uh, he came over to the U.S. as a foreign exchange student, uh, and that was after already playing American football for the Vienna Vikings American Football Youth Club which is basically what they do instead of high school football there because they don't have high school teams there. Um, but after his, his foreign exchange time was up, uh, he had to go back to Aust- Austria to f- uh, fulfill his military service. They have the compulsory military service there, um, which, again, historically, you kind of wonder about his uh, compulsory m- military service in Austria and what kind of plans they're, lo- they're, they're thinking about. <laughs> But after after completing that military service, he, he actually applied to and got accepted to Central Michigan. So he's a Chippewa. Guess what position he played when he was recruited? Anyone want to guess? Tight end. He was a wide receiver. What? That's a big, that's a big ass wide receiver. I, I know. I was like, do you know of any guards or, or tackles that started out as wide, <laughs> wide I, receiver? I can't, I can't think of any, right? But. But he quickly added weight, and he played. He actually did switch. They actually switched him. They said he was pretty big. He's actually pretty decent size, even for a wide receiver. But they he he added more weight, and they played him two years at tight end because the Chippewas hate tight ends. Though that, and I'll explain this joke in a minute too. Uh, that they actually changed him over to a right tackle. So, uh, and and at right tackle, he became the mat uh, the mat off offensive lineman of the year, which again is you know it's pretty good, right? Um, and he also graduated with a 3.8 GPA too. So he's, he's a smart, smart guy too. Uh, do you remember another famous central Michigan tight end that converted to a lineman? There's been actually a couple. There's been a couple. Mm, no, no, this is good. Mm. This what, is good. Dan, Dan, one of these you should know. Which, 
Ooh, I, I can't wait. To, so 49er. 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 Long time I can't 49er. Wait to, I can't wait to be or hmm, I can't wait to be embarrassed. I, I <laughs> you, should. you should. This is a big name. Is it Staley? It is Staley. I was oh, just saying, I, I thought Staley it, yeah. was I, in the back of my head, it was ringing like he Staley yeah. went to Central Michigan, you idiot. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Staley, Staley was a converted tight end. He packed on the weight too and ended up being a, being one of the best tackles ever, right? Like in from your history. See, I didn't I didn't know the I didn't know that part of his Central Michigan. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Now the other one, the other one is a big name too, Eric Fisher. Oh Eric okay. Fisher. Was was a tight end entering college. He was only two, 230 pounds when he came into college. He switched to left tackle and became a number one overall pick in, uh, what, 2013, I think it was? 2012, yeah. 2013? Yeah, it was, uh, it was Kansas City, and I only remember yeah. that because yeah. I only remember that because that was the year after luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 2013. Uh, and by the way, um, there was another Chippewa tight end that converted to defensive end. Hmm. Interesting. Some guy named J.J. Watt. He actually transferred to Wisconsin, but he was oh, a tight end. He was a Chippewa tight end too. So <laughs> I gotta say, the Chippewas hate tight. The Chippewas hate tight ends. They're they're gonna they'll play anybody at any other position other than tight end. <laughs> we see you're a tight end. Uh, can you shed forty pounds and play safety? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I just think that that's hilarious that you've had so many people that have gone through that program and have been really high quality NFL caliber players. I think this guy could, uh, Bernard Ryman could be the next in that long line, but who knows, right? Like, again, that's why I call right. him the wild card. So, yeah. All right, go ahead, Dan. Let's go to the backup QB. Yes. What oh, we've all oh, been waiting yeah. for. Oh my goodness. I, man, I, I'm sure we all have very strong opinions on these quarterbacks and I will just throw it out there going with my gut I didn't want to get bogged down with like getting lost in the stats or like I basically um, I went ahead and trusted the scouts based on what they saw. I didn't just want to look s- squarely at the numbers because numbers don't say everything. And there's a couple key things that I'll say not necessarily I would go with, but in Kyle's shoes, there's a couple of these things that. If I were in Kyle's shoes, I feel like he would like a magnet go to these guys and see that as a trait and be like, I can work with that. So um, hopefully this isn't too controversial. Uh, The first quarterback that I have on here, uh, Jack Cohn, possibly out of our possibly out of our out of our range. I forgive me if some of these quarterbacks might be a little too high for us. Um, No way. No way. No, he he's gonna be. I I don't. I disagree. He's not gonna be high at all. You don't think so? Because I I I will. I no. went ahead and put. I went ahead and I saw all I needed to see to put him on this list. NFL comparison: Brian Hoyer. We had Brian Hoyer for a year. Kyle trusted his style of play to carry us for the for the one year before um before we went to Jimmy. Old fashioned pro style quarterback with size, arm. Uh, to operate with some efficiency in the pocket and then the bullet points built like a pocket quarterback. And then, I mean, I couldn't ignore this 43 to 12 touchdown interception ratio in his last two years. Honestly, that's kind of awesome. And Kyle, we have Trey Lance as our presumed starter this year. He's, he's the throw and run, but lest we forget 
who we tried to get before we got Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan had the biggest boner for uh, pocket passer Kirk Cousins. So being able to run is not a priority for Kyle if you can throw in the pocket. So um, his weaknesses are just kind of nothing on here. Like I've said with the, some of these other guys, nothing on here is like an, an enormous red flag for me. Uh, other than uh, hasn't proven to make consistent back shoulder throws. I actually do think that could possibly be a problem, but uh, also I was also impressed with the first video and his highlights, like with all the interviews and other like random clips, fastest pass at the combine. So that was kind of impressive to me. Oh, but, I didn't uh, know that. That's awesome. Yeah. New drill alert. See which QB threw the fastest or no, I definitely misread that, but he threw a 55 mile an hour. Uh, throw at that wall so i mean that kind of impressed me so <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, good that, that, it, that when you're talking about fitting into short you know tight windows and stuff you've got to have that velocity you know and right and then it's also i don't know it's it's got nothing really to do with it but i kind of like they just came from notre dame too Mon- montana came from there i also just love notre dame because i'm from indiana so <laughs> do, do you remember uh, where he started before before notre dame he transferred to notre dame Right. Oh, and I just watched that documentary. Well, I watched the documentary almost two months ago now. I can't. Oh, uh, I Wisconsin. Oh, uh, <laughs> Logan Bruss made him look good. No, <laughs> Wisconsin, Wisconsin all over this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next guy that I have on here um, very much is a project from what I was reading about him. But his tenacity and just his drive after however many schools he's been to now. Uh, honestly, that kind of character really impresses me, um, even though you could argue he has a lot of red flags. <laughs> but uh, Chris Olajukun from South Dakota State, uh, even though, again, he's been to like three different schools, uh, his consistency with being a starter, yes, honestly, is not great. His stat line, as good as what it is as a sample size, it really is kind of just a sample size. <laughs> So his actual experience on the field, you could put into question. But um, but honestly, with how strong everybody's saying his arm is um, and the fact that uh, he throws with confidence, uh, he also has uh, he has two two touchdown catches. So he's got a little bit of versatility that he can work with. Um, But but honestly, like thinking about a quarterback in a low, low, low round situation which we'll probably end up doing kind of like with center like neither of my positions that i was assigned i feel like we're gonna put with like a priority since we are we're guaranteeing nick mullins two million dollars and then we got trey lance and then who knows what the hell's happening with jimmy uh but i just i don't know something about him just reading his little player bio i was really intrigued with him and i just i'm gonna be very curious where he ends up going just in general uh Mm. so then the last quarterback i have on here uh Carson Strong, again, I feel like I feel like if we wait long enough, uh, we're probably not going to end up getting him. And maybe this is a reach, but um, I, I was reading his stats and reading his bio, just like I said here. He's he's got a pretty impressive, uh, pretty impressive resume. He's compared to Drew Bledsoe. He's projected to go fourth, fifth. Uh, I like this touch, touch or torch pocket passer with rare blend of power and finesse to turn low percentage throws into completions. Uh, obviously, Steve, you might know he has a very, very damaged knee, or he did at one point where jury's still out on how actually healed it is. But 
Um, maybe call me sentimental. I kind of like these from Nevada. Uh, Nevada's produced some pretty good quarterbacks lately. And just, uh, what was it? Was it the whole conference that I saw? Yeah, the conference itself was making some good quarterbacks. So, uh, like, uh, Kaepernick, Carr, Allen, Love. So, honestly, maybe it's a reach. Maybe it's just a pipe dream to get him. But, honestly, for me, those three quarterbacks really stood out to me. And I think there is at least somewhat of a possibility to get any of them. I mean, Chris, probably the most likely if we're going to get one of those three. But um, but I really just am excited to to hear what you guys think, because I know quarterback, yeah. it's the 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 it's the well, position of the, before, the football but, field. So before before we start talking about Steve and I, who we like a quarterback, I want to make an interesting connection between uh, Dan, Steve and I. Because guess what? Do you can you guys name the only two quarterbacks to be drafted out of North Dakota State? Ooh, out of North Dakota. The only two quarterbacks. North Dakota ever, or North Dakota State? North Dakota State, the Bisons. The two oh yeah. Wentz, Wentz is one. Wentz is one. Josh, Josh Allen? No, no Trey, Lance, Trey Lance is the Trey other Lance. one. Yep. Oh, oh, I so it, so yeah, just yeah. So you know, I've experienced when Steve is going to experience Wentz, and so hopefully Trey Lance doesn't turn out like Wentz because they came from the same college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We there, there there was another guy that came out of North Dakota State too. I can't remember. Yeah, his but name. he wasn't. He was. I don't think he was drafted in the first round. Oh the, right, right, right. Okay, first trade. round. Gotcha. Okay. I yeah. That so I I probably didn't make that distinction. I probably didn't go to yeah, but first round. But, um, you know, uh, Steve, I don't know what you have for backup QB. Everybody knows what my pick is for backup QB, but I think. Uh, I, I may have consciously, deliberately wanted to look away, even though I agree with you, EJ Perry would be a very good surprise, like sleeper pick. I wanted to just for the sake of this, like not just add to that. You get what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, honestly, here's here's the thing, like, you know. Like EJ Perry comes from a small school. He comes from Brown University, um, so he's not well, getting in a terms lot of the football play. program. It's an Ivy League school. <laughs> yeah, it's an Ivy League school, but you know he's one of the, he was uh, only the third. He was the only third Brown player to ever lead his team in both rushing and passing. You know he has that on, and just you know he got invited to the combine. He's rising up the draft board. The Oakland Raiders had him at their top 30 pro day. Like when they were having a pro day, they invited him to his top 30 team. Now, listen, plus 20,000, yes, that's crazy. Those are crazy odds. 0.5% chance of actually happening for him to be the first QB off the board. He will get drafted. That's, I think, we can all agree now he's risen up the board to enough. He will most likely get drafted and his hype man and his agents and all of that have done a great job of promoting this guy. The situation that, and understand this is a complete pipe dream, but understand like maybe just maybe it could happen. Now, my bold take has been that there will be no quarterbacks drafted in the first round. None. That's what my, my bold take is that GMs are going to look at this QB class and say, we cannot afford to spend good assets on these quarterbacks when, you know, some of these edge rushers are there. 
And there's a lot of other good players, I think, in the draft that you could argue that quarterbacks are not going to be somebody who are taken in the first round. And it has happened before. Only five times has it happened, but it has happened before. And the last time it happened was 1996, 25 years ago. So this, if there's any draft class that we've had in recent years where where a quarterback is not going to go in the first round, I think it's this draft. So in that scenario, let's just say no quarterback goes in the first round. You know, the Raiders are a wild card. The Raiders will draft anywhere at any time. Steve has watched the draft just probably just as much as long as I do. Dan, I don't know how long you've been watching the draft, but everybody knows the Raiders will draft anybody at any time. They took a punter in the first round. They took a kicker in the first round. They have taken reaches. I mean, they drafted Darius Hayward Bay because he could run a 4 3 4, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm very aware of the Raiders' draft history. <laughs> so they could, and they had EJ Perry in their top prospect pro day. And I'm telling you, if that, if that ticket is going to hit, that's probably the way it's going to hit. The Raiders, he fought. No quarterback gets drafted in the first round. Everybody's in the second round now. And the Raiders just like them so much that they figure out a way to draft assets to pick them up in the second round. That's my dream scenario. Don't bet all the money, but that's my dream scenario for hitting that ticket. Now, I mean, Steve's been following this, you know, too. So, Steve, tell us what, tell us what you think of EJ Perry. EJ Perry is a great athlete. I mean, that's the, the first thing that, that stands out to me is that he is athletic, right? He's a great runner. He's a great scrambler. He's, I mean, that's the modern NFL requires both of those things because, you you know, offenses keep churning out those those uh, first downs, right? You got you to, gotta, if the play breaks down, well, guess what? Who do you want back there? I, I, the one thing I do disagree with, uh, with what Dan said is, uh, is Carson Strong. Carson Strong makes uh uh what was the uh jeez i'm drawing a blank on his name mr elite from uh baltimore uh joe flacco he makes joe flacco look mobile so (laughs) (laughs) so i would say i would say that you don't want a guy like that in the the modern nfl because you're going to take a lot of sacks you're going to have a lot of negative plays and stuff now i will say this that carson strong has a live arm he's got a great arm he's got a great downfield throw his you know his his you know you know, passes that are over 25 or 30 yards are on the money every time. But, but yeah, he's, he's got, he's got some issues though too. And, but that's why he's going to, he's probably going to fall though too. I think I got him as about a, a late third rounder, early fourth rounder uh, pick. Um, now EJ Perry though, athletic, real athletic, good player, good, solid guy. Um, lit yeah, up. Yeah. Um, he is. His, 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 him a t- oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was just going to throw, they were calling him a, a, a potential uh, second Taysom Hill. Yeah, no, yeah. Hill, that's a good, that's a good comparison. That's a good comparison. Um, and, and I think he's got that athleticism that is, I, I don't want to say Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's such a high bar, but you know, he's got that little bit of everything in his toolbox, right? He's got a good, good arm. He's got a good enough, uh, uh, you know, ability to run. He's got, he's got all the metrics. He had an elite, an elite, uh, uh, postseason in terms of, the senior bowl or not senior bowl. What was the other bowl? Shriner bowl. Shriner bowl. Shriner bowl. The Shriner bowl. The Shriner bowl. Yeah. yeah. The Shriner bowl, 241 yeah. yards and yeah. three touchdowns in a half. 
Yeah. Not the it, whole game. They only played him for a half. Yeah. He had and, that and, much. And his, and his uh, combine was just off the charts. He was actually, believe it or not, most of that people don't know this. He was rated higher in his athletic scores than uh, Desmond Ritter. And Desmond Ritter's expected to go probably second round. Right? Yeah. So yeah. you're talking about a guy that that from Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter, that was you know has been has been rising up the boards too. Well, I think EJ Perry's, if, judging by the metrics, should be just up there, right right at that same level. Um, and of course, uh, <laughs> there's with one play I actually just saw this the other day too. Uh, EJ Perry threw an absolute dime, like 60 yard dime to Chris Olave, who I'm a big fan of by the way as a wide receiver. Uh, and I think the I think the commanders are going to pick him as, as their first pick, uh, but threw an absolute dime to Chris Olave right in his hands, and it was like 60 yards down the field. I was like, that's what you look for in an NFL quarterback when you're talking about can a guy make the throws that you need him to do. It was it was perfect. As long as you beat that that cornerback, that that ball is in his hands. That's it. That's all you care about. Yeah, so. I mean, he makes every throw. Like he can make every throw in the NFL, either from the pocket or on the run. And that's, I mean, I'm just telling you, like, like I said, the Raiders will be a wild card and they're always a wild card. And, you know, they got, I mean, yeah, they got Derek Carr for what, three years, but guess what? I don't, he hasn't won a playoff game and he's getting older. And so, um, don't, I, I honestly, you know, that's why I put, you know, $10 on it because, you know, there's actually a scenario that it could happen that I reasonably see. And so that could happen. And speaking of Jimmy B long shots, we're we're gonna go to an exacta that if you can get, because now we check right before the show, and Bavada is not doing this exacta anymore. And honestly, we were talking about this exacta the other day when we did our test run. It was rising up in odds. It actually was. So the exacta, if you can get this, I think it's a pretty decent bet. The exacta that I am betting on for Jimmy B's long shots for the draft, not only EJ Perry, but this exacta is for Garrett Wilson from Ohio State to be a top five pick, Jordan Davis from Georgia to be a top 10 pick, uh, Jamison Williams from Alabama to be a top 20 pick, and under four QBs selected in the in the first round. Now that, at the time that I bet on it, on 420, was plus 4,500. We did a test run on Friday and it went up to plus 3,500. And guess what? Now you can't even bet on it at Bavada. So if you can find that exacta, I think, I, I know we talked about it, you know, off air. I don't know. I mean, you guys said Wilson is the key pick there. If Wilson goes into the top five, those other dominoes could fall. It's possible, right, guys? You think? I, I, yeah. The Wilson being the hardest part of that. I, I don't see why. <laughs> honestly, I don't see why the rest of that couldn't. Um, let me. Mm, is, uh, the, the Steve tap out. Oh, there you are. No, I'm, I'm here. Sorry about are. that. Somebody was at my door, so. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh no, it's so, all good. Someone, someone's selling something. You know. I was just <laughs> about right. to timestamp that, but um. Uh, did you did you catch any of that? Uh, I, missed, about I, missed that a, I missed the exact the, the the details on it though. So the exact okay. So this is this has been gaining some traction in Vegas, and so once again, it's Garrett Wilson from Ohio State needs to be a top five pick. Jordan Jordan Davis from Georgia needs to be a top ten pick. 
Jamison Williams from Alabama, a top 20 pick, and under four QB selected in the in the first round. Now, when I bet on that, I it was on 420 at 2.43 p.m. It was at plus 4,500. By Friday, that very same week, it had been up, it got up to plus 3,500. And we just checked before the show, it's something you can't even bet on at Bavada anymore. So if you can find this exacta or make a parlay out of it somewhere, somehow, uh, I think you could get some value there. And I think you could hit because, I mean, yeah, Garrett Wilson top five is sort of the tough one, but the, all the other ones could hit. And if you take a $5 flyer on it at plus 4,500, you get to 225. Yeah. The, the Garrett Wilson one's going to be the hard one because I, I actually don't, I don't see him going. I, and personally, I don't see him going top five. I have him going to Atlanta at eight, I think is, is where they pick. Um, but I actually could see a world where the Jets use it on him just to guarantee that he's he's the, the wide receiver that they need for the future, right? Because they're 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 seem they seem to be uh, trying to stock up on weapons. I think is the, to to you know make themselves a little more explosive. I think I see I see the I could see the Jets going. I think what they pick like four or five. I could see them them getting them. They pick four and ten. Four. So yeah. I think I could I could see a world where they go at four, where, yeah. where Garrett Wilson goes at four. That's yeah. going to be the hard one. Though. I think the other ones are, I actually think the, all the other ones are easy. I think those are. The other, the other ones are easy, but yeah. the, the Garrett Wilson, yeah. you have just gave us a world where that could happen. And if the Jets somehow we're going to get into it, lose out on the Debo, <laughs> on the Debo sweepstakes, well, guess uh, what? Garrett Wilson at three could happen. But Dan, you're the 49ers fan. Please let's talk about your feelings on this and because we can't avoid it anymore. No, and with how super stuffed this draft uh, pre-draft special has been, I, <laughs> I'm I'm cool if we all just have like a hot take on it. I have all the notes about what's been happening over the past two weeks. I can just bullet point through them really, really quick here um, for Niner fans that somehow have missed this news. Debo Samuel at the start of April told uh, John Lynch and the 49er team that he wants out. And then it was two weeks later, Jeff Darlington called Debo personally and tweeted out to the world. So now the world knows that Debo Samuel wants out of San Francisco. Uh, it was uh, followed up uh, with further reporting from Ian Rappaport, Rap Sheet. Uh, he concurred. He said through his sources that Debo basically said, don't even make me an offer, just trade me. Uh, the only thing the only person specifically that Debo has called out on social media for speculating the wrong reason why was he called out Adam Schefter on Instagram with a bunch of laughing faces saying that it was not because he wants to go back to the East coast. Cause he's from South Carolina. So that reason's off the board. So now we've more or less, at least from what I've been seeing every day, cause I've been checking every day, it, it's it's got to it's got to be boiled down to either he's really upset and not convinced that he will be a pure wide receiver this upcoming season, or uh, there potentially was an offer and he was insulted by it and they're downplaying that. I I maybe I I I honest to God don't know. Like the the wanting to go to the East Coast made sense to me until he personally disputed it because that's why uh, because that is why. Um, oh my God! Why am I spacing on his name? That's why, Aaron Adams. Adams thank you. God, good Lord. 
That's why Adams went to Las Vegas, because he wanted to play closer to California. That literally was why. Green Bay had the money. He didn't care. So, like, I'm I'm so baffled because this is the first time a trade this high profile did not have a clear-cut answer. Like, we all know why Deshaun Watson wanted to leave Houston. Houston's awful. We all know why Trent Williams wanted to leave Washington. We lucked out with trading for him, but he just wanted to get out of Washington in general because their medical staff was terrible. No offense. He's in Washington right now. I'm cr- <laughs> I, I, I miss him so much. Like, oh, yeah. So just a yeah. high-profile trade like this with no clear reason why not only is making me, like, I, I'm I'm trying to prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. I really hope that John Lynch, based on the, the, the conference that he had today, he says that he does not see a scenario where Debo gets traded. I want to take him at his word with that. But at the same time, I mean, there is enough smoke here that make, that is convincing me that someone's going to, like, swing for the fences and make an offer that he can't refuse. Like, I want him to, I want Debo to stay. But a part of me feels like come two days from now, because we're taping this on Monday, it's probably going to happen. So I... I mean, what do you guys do? You think it's gonna happen? Like, do you have a do you have a better I mean, reason why he would want to leave? I I really I mean, don't know. I mean, with with rap sheet reporting, don't offer, just trade me. That to me, you know, like there's two people that I trust. Um, you know, with reporting when they say something is going to happen, um, which is Schefter and and rap sheet. Like do, those two guys. I trust more than anybody else. Now, Debo, like you said, disputed South Carolina, but that was Schefter speculating. Well, you know, and sometimes Schefter speculates and it's wrong. And that's what people have been been getting a lot wrong lately, though, to be fair. True, (laughs) true. But, you know, I I honestly think Tom Brady did it despite him. That's personally my thing. Like, he just wanted to despite. But back to the thing. But, you know. Rap sheet saying, don't offer, just trade me. I think, you know, honestly, you know, we heard today um, through rumblings that, you know, the Jets have offered number 10 for Debo Samuel. Honestly, you know, Robert Saleh's over there, you know, and, you know, you got him and Joe Douglas, you know. My, Joe- uh, Mike LaFleur is over there, too. Mike LaFleur was the OC that left with Robert Sala. See, and and you got Joe Douglas as GM. Now, you guys may not know Joe Douglas' history, but he used to be on the Eagles and learned how to wheel and deal from the one wheel and dealer in Philly, which is Howie Roseman. And so if there's anybody, you know, who can use the 10th pick to get Debo Samuel, who has a history, who, you know, with, you know, there's a history there with the Jets staff, like Joe Douglas could get a deal done and he learned, I mean, I hate to say it, he learned from one of the best, which was Howie Roseman on how to get a deal done. And then Joe Douglas was also part, you know, um, you know, I believe uh, the Baltimore Ravens organizations that have had good GMs and things like that too. So yeah, I mean, there's a scenario where you could see him go to the jets and if there's going to get a deal done, it's going it, to, it may be with the Jets, and I could see it happening because of just all the pieces that are in place. I'm going to say no way. I don't, I'm going to say he doesn't get traded. 
And I'm going to say that uh, he's doing this just to up his ante on his contract because the, the entire mm. wide receiver market got reset with that Christian Kirk nonsense, which, by the way, Christian Kirk does not deserve that money. Christian Kirk is garbage. <laughs> I'm just going to go out and say that. I, 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 there might be a fan out there, Christian Kirk's one fan that goes, eh, how dare you say Christian Kirk sucks? Well, Christian Kirk sucks, okay? And <laughs> Someone so, had to say it. Thank yeah. you. Thank and you so I think – I, I th- and and I'm dealing with the fallout of that contract too because I'm a Redskins fan or Commanders fan or whatever the heck we're called right now. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to do this like 1,800 more times, by the way, because I've been doing this for 30, 32 years now or whatever. And and uh, now we're suddenly changing the names on us. Anyways, uh, but we're 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 dealing with the fallout with Terry McLaurin's contract now too. Terry McLaurin's contract is up, and we gotta we gotta pay him now too. And we're gonna pay him a lot more money than we were expecting to about six months ago, right? We were we were gambling on okay we'll probably offer him like 22 million a year he'll take it he'll be fine now now that that AAV is going to be like 25 to 28 million probably for a wide well, receiver which is all awesome maybe even, money. maybe even well, well yeah for you yeah I'd expect like 25 28 but he's our, yeah he comes, is our clear cut number one receiver there we have no other options besides him yeah well I mean to give to, to be fair to Debo uh, Debo the way he's used in the running game and the way that he's used in the passing game makes him both a receiver and a running back. And, you know, like we've seen Le'Veon Bell try to leverage that into something and he got it. Now, are they going to do that for Debo? Maybe because, you know, he can, he has good, you can use him in the running game and you can use him in the passing game He's good in both, and that is worth something. We've seen that that is worth something, and you know I'm, I've, you know I'm usually a player's guy, and you know I believe you know use whatever tactic that you can get the most money, and if he's doing that to get a better offer from the 49ers, well, okay, but I mean if the 49ers aren't going to pay him to be a running back and a receiver. You know, maybe somebody else will, and maybe the Jets are that team. The Jets will take big swings at people, and you know that's that's another way they could do it. And so, you know, I I honestly think he's going to get traded. I honestly yeah. think he's going to get traded because the rap sheet, you know, saying that he's just sort of done with San Francisco in a way that I think he I think he could get traded. Do you know what this reminds me of? Reminds me of um, Jimmy Graham. Am I a receiver or am I a tight end? That's that <laughs> oh reminds, yeah yeah. That was like what five or six years maybe I don't know six seven years ago. And oh now, maybe I think yeah it was a while. I, I was I was still working I was still working at um I was still working at the park we all were um when he got traded to Seattle and I got so mad thinking we have to deal with ten touchdown Graham twice a year now. <laughs> <laughs> But but in terms of like the Debo Samuel is kind of fitting that same thing. Is it am I a running back? Or am I am I a wide receiver? He's a little bit of everything, but he wants to get paid commensurately for that, right? The same way Jimmy Graham wanted to get paid commensurately, like he's more of a wide receiver than a tight end. So that's the same the same situation. So I think I think he's just trying to use it to as a as a tactic. And I think it's a it's a very like I'm not I don't I don't think anybody should be mad at that. That's that's just how the NFL works. It's business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think he's trying to squeeze a couple a little bit more out of the 49ers to say, Hey, make me happy, make me happy here. 
Make me happy here. That's the, and that, that's what they, they emphasize the emphasize the here part though, right? Like I think he that's the part that he probably needs to come out and say like I want to be here at the, at, at the for, with the 49ers. I just want the 49ers to appreciate me the same way that I appreciate them. And I think that would come that would come out as a completely different conversation than what he's kind of been at right now. Well, John, John is playing coy. He doesn't want to put any of that out there. He wants to keep it private. He said that in the press conference. So, I mean, we'll, we're gonna, we're all gonna find out together, basically. And I, I really hope you're right. I really, really hope you're right. And it turns out that he breaks Tyree Kills. We're paying him thirty point eight or thirty one point one million or whatever. Because honestly, like he's kind of worth it. And some people have made a good point that if he does continue the trajectory of running as much as he does. We've seen Todd Gurley, uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey now. Like, you can lose a lot of years taking that kind of punishment specifically for running back. So if he wants to make sure he gets paid right now and he knows the writing's on the wall and they're going to keep splitting his reps like that, then and absolutely not. I don't blame him for holding out like that to make sure he gets as close to 30 million a year as possible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like... And to use the system that is in place today, like I'm following on Twitter, I'm following on Instagram, like that's that's just well within his tools. He has every right to do that, to inch a little couple more dollars or whatever, a couple mil, whatever it's going to take for him to feel like he's being appreciated, like you said, and, Steve, from the 49ers. And, and, and the unspoken thing here, too, is that the salary cap is going to go up and he knows it and his agent knows that, too. The salary his cap's agent. Gonna his agent is the same agent that is trying to also get money for AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. Yeah. Yep. And they're all playing hardball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um, but all right, guys, um, those are some, that's some great talk about Debo. This was honestly phenomenal to go through the draft like this. I'm honestly super excited. I can't wait for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I can't wait for the weekend. Um, James, you are excellent at <laughs> James. You are excellent at closing out the show, going through all of our plugs, letting people know what is going on. Tell us all where people can reach out to us. Sorry, okay, I'm getting so, tired. <laughs> so number one, the next show will be the Niners draft class. We will have draft guru Steve back on the show talking about the Niners draft class. Wow, uh, I'm back. But, cool. Yeah, you're back. You're back. Uh, we're not, not going to censor you. Yeah, I'm going to pull a Sally Field. They like me. They really like me. <laughs> yes, we enjoyed having Steve on the show. He will be back for uh, to review the Niners draft class. We will try to go through all the picks that the Niners make uh, during the draft. Um, so be prepared for that. That will be next week, uh, airing on Wednesday. Then. Um, after that, we'll be doing Mental Health Awareness Month is May. We will be having Natalie on from NAMI, uh, which is a great organization for peers and peer, uh, for peer support and families that are dealing with mental illness. And then, as always, be prepared for the emergency Jimmy G Trade podcast. Uh, we're going to do our best to get on the air immediately after Jimmy G is traded uh, to talk about the Jimmy G trade. And also we will eventually get to um, the Jimmy G, uh, Jimmy G appreciation podcast. Also, we forgot to do one thing before I close out the show. So this is a draft episode. And one of the shows that we're going to have coming up in the future is Dan and I are going to draft an all time 49ers team. Uh, Dan's Dan and I, have decided to do a show to fill up the time. We're going to draft an all 49ers team. Uh, so we forgot to do this. Steve, are you ready to go with this? Um, so 
the terms of this are, have been simple. Uh, Dan and I each sent Steve a text with a number between one and 100. Um, and Steve is going to go on randomnumber.com and randomly generate a number. And who's ever closest to the number will get the first pick in the draft. So, Steve, first of all, tell us what Dan's number was and what my number was. Uh, your number, I have your ears up first. So your number was 35. And Dan's number, give me a second, I have a ton of text here, so... I think I, I think I sent you. It is, it is sixty-two, Dan. Yes, okay. that's why I was, I was hoping, I was hoping you found it before I spoiled yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> no, thir- thirty-five and sixty-two, and I'm, a, I am gonna randomly generate a number here, and I'm gonna share this. I'm, not, by the way, this is just on I, Google has their own, so I'm just gonna use Google's. <laughs> oh, okay, right got it, got it, got yeah. it. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna share just so you, you know, I'm not, I'm not flaking out here. Start sharing. There we go. All right, so. Your your generated number is seven, apparently. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. It's oh wait, was it supposed to be one through ten? That was all Oh oh wait, yeah, sorry. I did oh, yeah, yeah, hundred. Gonna... Yeah, there we go. I was, sorry. I was gonna yeah. say my bad, my bad. I didn't I didn't change the, the parameters. Oh, man, you got the my parameters. Was... Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I did one through ten, not one through a hundred. There we go. One through a hundred, because I'm this is Florida public schools, by the way. Just FYI. <laughs> No, all right. all right. So generated number is sixty-seven. Oh, so Dan, Dan the man, has the first pick for this. Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right. And yep. how that will work, 49ers fans, is Dan will get the first pick, but this is a fantasy draft, so we are snaking. So I will get two picks, and then Dan will get two picks, and we'll go back and forth like that until we fill out uh basically your fantasy roster. Uh, going forward. So that will be on an upcoming episode. Uh, Thank you, Steve, for doing that. Also, if you like what you hear on Niner Nuts and you want to support us, uh, we'd like to do more things for you, such as, you know, get PFF stats. Um, PFF stats, you got to have an account for. We'd like to do that for you so you can get Patreon subscriptions as little as $5 a month. $5 a month, you can get instant access to our shows because we usually record on Mondays. So Monday when we record, you will get instant access to the show um, instead of Wednesdays. You can also find us on Twitter, uh, on Niner Nuts. Email us at 49ernuts at gmail.com. That's 49ernuts at gmail.com. Understand if you are on Apple or any place where you can rate us and you would like us, give us a five-star rating, write a review for us. We will read every five-star review on the air. Um, Also, if you do it on Spotify, because you can't actually leave a review on Spotify, but you leave us five stars, send us an email with how much you like us, and we will read that on the air as well. Uh, Thank you to Daniel Mayer and Mayer Creative for our logo. Thank you, Steve, for coming on. Um, T Public, uh, we're going to try to get some more designs, uh, hopefully to you. Um, but you can also go on, um, I forget what it is. Sorry, we'll get to, we'll tweet out where you can find our official merchandise right now. Uh, Dan, um, you have anything else to say? Debo, we hope you come back. And also, congratulations, Nick Bosa, on your fifth-year option. You deserved it, buddy. Dan, do you have uh, Steve? Do you have anything else to say before we cut out? 
No, I think we're good. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I'll see you again on the uh, next podcast. All right, guys? Yeah, Sunday we will be recording. And my last thoughts, as always, before the draft, EJ Perry should be the first QB off the board this year. Outro music, River Road by Justin Muth. Have a good day, Niners Nation. River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long.